and a welcome to the Bookworms podcast. My name is Bex and I love books and hopefully you do as well. Now, I have got a lot of brilliant books and amazing authors for you today. We'll be talking to Tola Okogu about her brand new book in her Onyeka series. It's Onyeka and the Rise of the Rebels. We've also got Amy Winfield telling us about the birth of Agent Bigfoot. Yeah, you heard me. And even a little voice note from Hannah Peck about the headline hoax. Of course, I'll also squeeze in some book recommendations and book goss as well. Of course I will. So let's kick it all off with my favourite book of the month. Yes, my fun kids book of the month this month for March is Onyeka and the Rise of the Rebels. It's the second in the Onyeka series and I got to talk to Tola Okogu, who wrote it, and find out a little bit more about the book. Lovely. All right. I am here with author Tola Okogu. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank you for coming in. I read your book today and uh, loved every second of it. Oh, yay. So glad to hear that. It's the second book in Onyeka's kind of series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell us where we find it? If you've not read the first book, Mm -hmm. where do we find her in the second book? Well, in the second book, Onyeka's very much reeling from all of the revelations and the secrets that, you know, she's uncovered from the first book. And it's a lot. It's a a lot mm. for a child to take in and so she's got to kind of she's got to grapple with these big emotions um with the feelings that she's now having to deal with fallout from what's happened you know she still has to find her parents so there's that mission to complete and also defeat the big bad so we meet her at this point where you know her and the rest of her friends are trying to figure out what their next plan of action is they're not agreeing necessarily on how to proceed so it's kind of learning to come back together as a team embrace the different emotions because she now knows how to use her powers but it's that big question of when to use your powers how (laughs) to use your powers just because you have them doesn't mean that you always kind of need to bust them out so it's some big themes some big moments for her but you know She's got her friends rallying around her, so mm-hmm. ultimately she she figures it out. She really does, and I've got to say, well, first of all, if if our listeners don't know, her power lies with her hair. It does, yeah. It's um, so she basically has psychokinesis with mm-hmm. her hair, and she can control her hair with her mind, and it acts like additional appendages. So she can sort of like throw out her hair like a whip, um, and knock something out of someone's hand, or use it to grab an object and you know retract it back to her. So it's it's pretty sort of cinematic kind of if you can visualize a power like yeah. that and it's it's pretty cool <laughs> it's amazing and so she goes to this school where lots of people have powers but then in the second book uh she has to fight a little bit she has to her and her friends have to fight not only to find her mum and dad but also against like you say this big bad character this big bad yeah so the first book onyeka and the academy of the sun was very much based in this school setting and onyeka we kind of see this nigeria this futuristic alternate history nigeria through her eyes and discover this world with her she also is discovering it Um, and as I said all the secrets are revealed she figures out who the big bad is and so book two Rise of the Rebels sees her um, away from um, the school and we see more of Nigeria we see Mm -hmm. more of this different setting as they basically go on the run (laughs) and they're being hunted down by the big bad so it's kind of trying not to get caught trying to find new allies um, with the rogues that were introduced in book one Mm -hmm. and so it's we need friends if we're going to defeat the big bad and not everything is not as it seems much like book one actually (laughs) things still aren't as quiet as they seem and we're, we're with them journeying with them as they really kind of get to the heart of what's going on because you've got this character who wants to basically try to take over 
Nigeria, yeah. and that's uh, that's not a great thing to be doing. He, he's trying to rule everybody and yeah, get he, his own way. Well, there's always the big bad. I mean, what's a big bad if they're not trying to take over the world? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. So yeah, we do. The big bad is, and it's I think the best villains. You can sort of understand their motivation mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit, even though it's quite nefarious, and you're thinking, yeah, that's not great. But I can sort of see why you think that's a good idea. Yeah. It's just the way you're going about it is probably not the best. Yeah. So we do get to kind of dig in a little bit more on the big bad's motivation, why they think what they're doing, because they are sort of misguided. Mm-hmm. They're, well, I was going to say heart is in the right place, but I'm not even sure I'd go that far. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, because it's a bit later. I, I don't want to ruin it too much, but yeah. there's a bit later where it's kind of put in context, I would mm. say. And it's kind of... It, it it's it becomes relatable or understandable or people it's about protecting yeah I guess it is it's protecting a future so the big bad thinks that they are what they're ultimately doing is protecting everybody mm-hmm. and so the damage that's been done in the wake of that is seen as collateral damage and worth it in order to achieve the bigger aim mm-hmm. but the question is who gets to make that choice yeah. when lives are being impacted you know from the person whose life is being changed for them it's not a small thing so it's that idea that when we chase the greater good and we do damage along the way, is it worth it? So, yeah, it's an interesting question. It's a really great question. And um, <laughs> I, I did love the book, Handling It. Also, I thought Onyeka was such a great character. I I love that she she struggles and mm. she's not perfect, but she's also really good at admitting that and she knows her friends will help her and she... She, you know, it, it's it's a really lovely thing to see her grow through the book. Yeah, I really enjoyed being able to dig into the characters a lot more mm-hmm. with book two. With book one, Academy of the Sun, it was a lot of world building and yeah. setting up this kind of new world and the characters. Whereas with Rise of the Rebels, I could dig more into each individual character, their motivations, their, their relationship as well. Because I think that's the heart of the book, these... Onyeka and her friends and how they support each other and they don't always agree there's there's yeah. quite a lot of disagreements actually <laughs> in the book but you get to see how they navigate that how they figure it out and the growth that comes for all all of them as a going through that process and uh, you know a lot of it is also is about emotions mm-hmm. and how when we're in them they, they're so big and they're yeah. so overwhelming, overwhelming and they cloud our ability to see what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And so it's always useful to have people around you who can ground you and center you and help you to see beyond what you're immediately feeling and see the bigger, wider picture. Absolutely. And I mean, it was also just a beautiful thing to see you mention uh, like Nigerian food and stuff like that as well. <laughs> I really love And it was honestly, you made me so hungry. But <laughs> I hear that a lot. I think that one of the best ways you can explore a new culture is through its cuisine. And it tells you so much about that culture, actually. So Nigeria has such a wide range of food, cuisines with each tribe uses a different or favors a different ingredient or they might use the same ingredient but kind of prepare it a different way. Mm-hmm. And even through researching for the book, I learned a lot oh, about, cool. you know, the different cuisines because I know what, you know, as a Yoruba woman, what I eat, what my culture, we favor. So getting to discover because yeah. the Nigeria that I kind of created is more unified. And when, when I was thinking about what does that actually mean on a practical level, it felt like everybody embracing all the different cultures and so there'd be more of a mix and a melting pot Mm -hmm. so then I got to sort of research and pull from all the different cultures all the different languages so I had a system when I had to give something a name I would alternate the sort of tribe where I pulled the name from right okay yeah because otherwise I would lean more into my Yoruba culture and then suddenly everything's named 
you know, yeah. it's Yoruba. So I would have an alternating system. So it's like, okay, which tribe did I pick from for that one? And then the next time I would pick from a different one just to give that sort of melting pot combined feeling. Really exciting to research it and find out more about the culture as well. Yeah, honestly, I think in doing the research for the book, because I was born in Nigeria and I moved to the UK when I was six years old. Right. And in researching for the book, I realized I knew more about British history than I did about oh, Nigerian wow. history. And I think I make a joke about it in the book uh-huh. about, you know, Onye could know more about Tudor kings than she did about... Of course, yeah. So, and that was very true for me. So it was really, really fun to do that research. I'm a bit of a research kind of person anyway. <laughs> like files and folders. Honestly, I have multiple pages of Wikipedia oh, and wow. sort of, yeah, that's me. I get kind of, <laughs> once I'm down that rabbit hole, I can get lost. So it was so much much fun to do the research and I think it's important when you're going to change the history you're going to do an alternate history um, of an exist a place that actually exists mm-hmm. to kind of you need to understand what the real history is yeah. in order to think because like when you unravel a thread what are the ramifications what are the what's the impact mm-hmm. and so that was fun to learn about what actually happened and then think well if I change this what's the butterfly effect and what's the knock-on effect and what else might change mm-hmm. and generally what stayed true or what I felt would stay true is the culture and the people and the attitude and the joy that they have in life is one of the things I love most about um, Nigerian, Nigerian people. What a lovely thing to celebrate as well. (laughs) What a great thing. And am I right in thinking, well, I I don't know this for sure, but I just feel like there should be. Is there going to be another book in the series? (laughs) Yes, Yes, there is. I'm actually right in the middle of writing book three in (gasps) the series and I'm not going to give any spoilers away. Okay, that's all right. I just wanted to know there was a third one because I was like, as I read it, I was like, come on, there's going oh, yeah. yeah. to be another To one. be fair, the way book two ends, yeah. it does suggest that there are there are things afoot okay. and happening. So yeah, so we definitely are going to get to go on another adventure with Onyeka and the gang. Great. Well, before I let you go, um, I do a little quiz with my first time authors here at Fun Kids. Okay. It's a bit little, don't worry, <laughs> stress in your face for a second. Oh my God, don't worry. Well, you said quiz and my life, like, oh my God, okay. She won all of the things you've ever written. <laughs> uh, no, it's just uh, this or that kind of thing. Like, which mm-hmm. would you rather? Okay. Uh, so super simple. Uh, first up, books or Kindles? Books. Books, yep. Uh, I'm saying yep because everybody says it. <laughs> Everyone says. Um, heroes or villains? <gasps> heroes. Heroes, okay. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? film adaptation now I do ask everyone this question but I believe I don't know whether you can talk about this but Onyeka is going to be yes <laughs> maybe that's why I picked film adaptation <laughs> Onyeka is currently being um, developed by Netflix to become a live action movie that hopefully will be hitting everyone's screens very shortly yes <laughs> uh, beginnings or endings ending mm-hmm, okay writing or reading <gasps> reading <laughs> that's my first love <laughs> Hogwarts or Narnia Narnia. Straight away. Straight away. Immediately, okay. Uh, laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Laptop, okay. That's really definite. That was... Very definite. My handwriting is atrocious. Because mine's got worse. Yeah, what? that is true. Yeah, no, my handwriting's awful. Nobody would ever be able to read what I've written if I was to do it by hand. So I think everybody's very glad that I use... That's fair enough. Um, Do you write nine to five or whenever you fancy? I try to keep a routine in order to keep discipline, but that routine has to be quite flexible. So I Uh. don't have the kind of... My, my schedule doesn't allow me to just, oh, I have a great idea. So I do have set hours, but it doesn't necessarily have to be nine to five. But I do try to keep my writing within a set period. A set time. Awesome. Mm. Best of both worlds. I like that. Okay. <laughs> um, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the Are Pooh. Are we sure about that? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> Finally, the big one. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, <gasps> 
Salted vinegar. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, you better pick wisely because this is the one. That, that's the big one. Well, actually, to be fair, I hated both of them for the longest time. Really? I did, yeah. But it, my kids have suddenly got me eating salt and vinegar, Chris. I think Good. they've elevated. So I think it's kettle chips, salt and vinegar is what Oh, I, I mean, you're like. going elite with I the am. kettle I'm chips. I am. I'm going fully elite. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 But as, you, could, you know what? As long as you pick salt and vinegar, that's fine. Any, any, the kettle chip's great, but salt yeah, and vinegar. Salt and vinegar all the way. That's top tier for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, you've won uh, my quiz, so let's Yay, face it. Thank uh, Tala, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Onyeka and the Rise of the Rebels is out. When is it out? Is it it's out now. It's out now. Oh, Everywhere. My Amazing. So, in which case, everybody go and buy it, go and look at it, go and get it from a library. Yes, please. Do what you can do, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you for the third book. Thank you very much to Dollar Okogu for telling us all about her brand new book. Now, next up on Thun Kids Bookworms, it is time for the birth of Agent Bigbutt. Yeah, you heard me. We are going right over to Texas to talk to the author, Amy Winfield. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Now, I am very excited about this book because it's just really funny. Is it difficult to write a funny book for kids or did you find it really easy? Um, I find I found it really easy. Um, I've had young kids and we used to laugh and talk and tell stories before I start writing books. So it was it was fairly simple. And have you been kind of writing stories and telling stories for a long time? I read that you basically from when you were a kid, that was all you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, with friends and family and cousins and everybody, we were all sitting around telling stories all the time, telling jokes. So that was the natural um, progression of things to me to start writing books. And so tell us about Agent Big Butt. What is going on with this character? Well, Agent Big Butt um, has a big butt. Um, <laughs> he's a superhero at the all at the age of being born and he likes helping friends. He's spending time defeating evil bullies and it's just a lot going on. And the, the biggest fun part about it is his birth and him learning about being born and his superpowers. And so it's, it's a really fun story. It is. I love the idea that you're kind of seeing the world through his eyes. Like, obviously, like you say, it starts off with his being born. Um, how much fun was it to kind of reimagine the world from somebody who'd never seen it before? Um, it was interesting. It gives you a good play on... Um, how they may see the the new world, especially um, at the beginning where he's talking about being born and mm-hmm. and all the things that's happening in the womb and him kind of talking to his mom and listening to his mom and at the same time trying to provide her adv- advice through the womb. Yeah, uh, Agent Bigfoot knows, uh, knows their stuff. And tell me, uh, what superpowers are we dealing with here? Because there's quite a lot going on. His biggest superpower is his butt and his gas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all fun gas and um he's learning how to navigate with new friends once he's born but his biggest thing is kind of talking to his mom in the womb and and giving her advice on what she needs what she needs to do to get him born and he's got he's strong powers and mm-hmm. so he's just a pretty interesting baby and he's um i think the biggest thing is he he likes to talk so he has a lot of opinions that i think are fairly funny he does yeah he's a very chatty fella and and tell me more about the these kind of superpowers uh, include like you, you know these super farts and the bad breath and stuff like that um was this something if if your mum was this something that you looked at your kid and you were like yeah i can i can relate to <laughs> to my kids yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's where I got the idea from is just you know you know when they're young and they're used you go through a lot when they're first young so it was like okay I can do a play on these and 
and and exploit it because a lot of kids, you know, when their parents are maybe their first baby and stuff like that, so it gives kids a good way of of learning about a new baby that may be being born, but in a kind of funny, strange way. Absolutely. And tell me, uh, tell me about the villains. What does Agent Bigfoot have to overcome in this story? Well, he has this one um, evil doctor that is trying to figure out why, where his superpowers came from. So he's always chasing them down, trying to, to figure out how to tap into his powers and create more supervillains. So he's looking at ways to create supervillains by uh, tapping into um, Agent Big Butt's powers. <laughs> it's so much fun. Even saying it out loud, Amy, it's just so much fun, isn't it? It's just such a good idea. And I know that uh, kids love it as well. Um, I've read loads of amazing reviews, including a kid who compared all of your characters to food, which is such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was fun the way they did that. And I was I thought it was great. It's so cool. And tell me, um, will we be seeing more of Agent Bigfoot? I feel like there's there's more stories in the pipeline, surely. No, this, the one I'm doing now. <gasps> we we definitely have. A, hello, I'm, I'm Amy's husband, uh, Paul. Hi. Yeah, there's actually more. I mean, we yeah, got there's the more to come. I mean, the, the one we're talking about now is the the birth. We have one that that's the second in the series is um the defeat of Agent Big Butt, and this one in the third in the series is the brainwashing of Agent Big Butt. Oh, you've got plenty still to come. Great. Yes. Oh, lovely stuff. Now, before I let you go, Amy. Um, we do a thing on Fun Kids, which is like a quick fire round of questions, like a this or that, which do you prefer? Um, thought we could do it with you now, if that's okay? Sure. So first up, books or Kindles? Books. Yeah, every author says it. Heroes or villains? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I like a little of both. You always need a good villain to make a hero stand out. <gasps> Very philosophical. I like it. All right, then. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Film. I'm a movie buff. All right, we'll get Netflix on the cards. Beginnings or endings? Um, beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky though. Uh, writing or reading? Um, I'm a. I love reading. I love being able to cuddle up to a good book, but the writing is also fun because it tackles my imagination and. And it gets me a chance to uh, present stuff to kids and older adults and, and just have that conversation about writing. You know what? That one is always very tricky for every author. Something about that question. Uh, next up, Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts. Excellent. Uh, laptop or write by hand? Laptop. <laughs> Do you write nine to five or just whatever you fancy? Um... It varies. Most of the time is wherever, whenever I fancy. And finally, the big one, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Who doesn't like a bowl of honey? <laughs> <laughs> that was the fastest answer I've ever had for that one. <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff. Well, thank you so much, Amy. And we should say that the birth of Agent Big Butt is pretty much out everywhere right now. Yes. Yep. Get it at all your stores in the UK, US wherever um, books are sold. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about it. And um, I hope you have a lovely day over there in Texas. Thank you, and you too. It's been a pleasure. There are so many books coming out at the moment, and Hannah Peck has a brand new one. Uh, she's got a book called The Headline Hoax, and here is an exclusive reading from Chapter One. 
Hello, I'm Hannah Peck, an author and illustrator who writes for five to eight-year-olds. Kate on the Case is my debut series and is published by Piccadilly Press. Our main characters are Kate, an aspiring special correspondent, and her best friend, who is also a mouse, Rupert. Kate's curiosity and bravery, matched with Rupert's affinity for rousing speeches, help them crack some headline-worthy cases, putting them both in the spotlight and on the cover of a couple newspapers as well. The third and final book, The Headline Hoax, is out now. In it, Kate receives a VIP invitation to the headquarters of the Lookout Post newspaper to help her hero, top reporter Catherine Rodriguez. However, Kate's dream come true begins to sour when she discovers that all is not as it should be. Someone has been meddling with the newspaper, smearing rubbish all over the pages and scrambling the letters in the printing press to make some strange and sometimes very rude headlines. Being a special correspondent in training, Kate takes it upon herself to find out who has been doing this before the Lookout Post's reputation is ruined forever. One of my favourite things about writing the Kate books is the fact that Kate jumps to assumptions about the people around her. It sounds like an odd thing to like about a character, perhaps, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, it's something we're probably quite familiar with. Through writing a newspaper story, Kate's assumptions are challenged. She's required to listen, suspend judgment, and use her imagination for the lives of others, and often comes to the conclusion that the truth is a little more complicated than she might like it to be. I'm going to do a quick reading from chapter one uh, from the headline hoax, and I hope you enjoy it. Kate's was having one of the best days of her entire life. As a birthday treat, Dad had taken her and Rupert to the city. After walking through bright streets lined with autumnal leaves and visiting the latest findings Mum had sent to the Museum of Seaweed that morning, Dad had announced there was one more surprise and had handed Kate a ticket. The Lookout Post, a private tour with Hank. Now she was listening, enthralled to Hank, a kind man in an ink-spotted boiler suit. Kate, Dad and Rupert were part of a small crowd following Hank through a basement filled with oily levers and crisscrossing conveyor belts as he explained how everything worked. The tour members all had special lookout post hats on, but Kate was too giddy to mind looking silly. She couldn't believe she was inside the building where her one true idol, Catherine Rodriguez, had penned her world-famous articles. The newspaper is printed down here, Hank was saying. It's sent from the very top of the building where the writers and Figgy Fitzharris, she's the owner of the lookout post, put it together. He stopped and rapped on the belly of the biggest machine. And here's our star of the show, Johannes. Kate had to crane her neck to take in the sights of the huge printing press. Johannes loomed above them as tall as a house and surrounded by metal steps, viewing platforms and huge vats of bubbling ink. Five tons of solid brass and 37 conveyor belts. Hank beamed. She's not had a day off in 70 years. Every day she cranks out fresh newspapers for the whole city, which is sent soaring straight to our fleets of vans in seconds. He gestured at a series of conveyor belts and pipes that disappeared through the outside wall. She deserves a holiday, cried a voice from the back of the crowd. Johannes doesn't have a passport, replied Hank with a smile. And she cemented to the floor. Now, who wants to press the button and see her in full steam-powered glory? Rupert waved his tail in the air and did a little jumping dance. It was at moments like this that Kate knew why they were the best of friends. Excellent! Hank beamed again, scooping up Rupert so he could press the big shiny button. Johannes hummed to life, levers pumping slowly at first, then faster and faster. 
Here she goes, Hank shouted over the noise. Kate watched wide-eyed as reams of paper shot from the mouth of Johannes, spinning up and down, round and around, behind pipes up to the ceiling before dozens of copies of tomorrow's lookout post were sitting in a neat pile at her feet. Everybody take one, said Hank. My treat, you're the first to see this. It's exclusive early printing, especially for you. That's odd, said Kate, peering at her copy closer. Mine has something strange printed on it. She turned it upside down. Sort of looks like a banana. But Rupert wasn't paying attention. From his spot on a pipe, he was staring at a photograph of a girl printed inside his copy. She had shiny black hair and was giving the camera a big smile while holding a tin of fishy delishy. I think I recognise her, said Kate. Didn't she write that article last year? Rupert nodded. What the child stars of today will be wearing as adults tomorrow. How do you know that? asked Kate. Rupert rolled his eyes. She's only Frances Fitzharris, Vicky Fitzharris's niece. And she's set to star in her first film next year, said Dad, appearing at Kate's shoulder. Oh, you two and your celebrity magazines, Kate laughed. Well, child prodigy or not, I wonder how she gets anything done when she's trussed up in those frills. It does look a bit itchy, agreed Rupert. Unzip your boiler suits, everyone, called Hank, stepping out of his to reveal another boiler suit underneath, this one only marginally cleaner. We're headed up to the newsroom. It's time to meet the writers. That's nearly all the time I've got in today's Bookworms podcast. Before I go, I should let you know there is a brand new book by Lucy Brandt coming out. It's called Lenora Bolt, Eco-Engineer. It's the third book in Lucy's series, and it's all about Uncle Luther coming back to make his fortune. But his plan might hurt the environment around us. So should Lenora shut down her uncle for good? Yeah. Oh yeah, the pressure's on, my friend. If you want to find out a little bit more, that's Lenora Bolt, eco-engineer. Also, there are loads of brilliant books going around at the moment, especially lots of books shortlisted for some incredible prizes. The Yoto Carnegie Awards were announced recently, and I believe, oh my goodness, we have friend of the podcast, Katya Barlin, nominated for The Light in Everything. There's so many amazing books on that shortlist, so congratulations to everybody who was nominated. Uh, That's pretty much it for the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast today, but don't you worry. I'll be back super soon with more books and more brilliance. See you then.